So I don't know if you know this, but 74 trillion emails are sent every year. That's 2.4 billion emails are sent every second. And people are really busy on Facebook. And I love Facebook, don't get me wrong. Um, people are really, really busy on Facebook saying, oh, Facebook is the biggest platform. That's where you get the most reach and this, that, and the other. Your email list is something you own, and it's something literally everyone uses. And so with that being said, um, I want to talk to you today. I know a lot of people really struggle to make money from their email list. They hear that the money's in the list. They understand that there's some business somewhere who's making use of this. And then they're looking and they're like, that's not my reality. I get way more um, of a dopamine rush, we'll put it that way, on social media, whether they're making money on social media or not. When the truth is that you're probably going to make way more money through email. And I was on this train for a long time the same with you because I was just like why would anyone want to pay attention to email when the reach has gone down so much generally speaking versus being on social media where the reach is so um, easy to obtain and the reason being is because if you are doing well in email you're one of the few people who are doing well in email it's so much easier to stand out in email than you think yes tons of emails are being sent every day yes people in a, on a, at a general level are very like turned off by their inbox it almost feels like a chore right like checking email just feels like kind of a chore that you have to do for work or whatever the case may be um it's not something that you necessarily want to do like people really want to browse social media that's the first thing you do when you sit down on the toilet and shit like that right and so it doesn't seem like the best place to try to reach your audience until you figure out that if you just use email differently, if you crack the code on how to stand out in email and how to be the one name that they look forward to seeing, the one name that they're like, oh, you sent me an email, therefore I am going to open, therefore I am going to click, then you've you've made it. It's golden. And so I was on the same train with you until, you know, I figured that out and I cracked that code. And now I have so many, not only do I make a lot of money through email for myself, for my clients, but I'm also able, I'm also hearing all the time from people like, Tori, your emails are the only ones I open. And so I'm going to share with you today the seven deadly email marketing sins that you need to avoid. And by avoiding these, my hope is that you will naturally start to be that person who you're the only email that your audience opens, which means that you are monopolizing email and making the money from email, okay? Because everyone is reading emails day in and day out. They're checking it. It's just a matter of, are you really grabbing and holding their attention in email? And so if you are ready, here we go. Sin number one is that you're missing the hidden metric and that hidden metric is deliverability, okay? And so you are not measuring you're not tracking, you're not keeping an eye on your email deliverability. Are your emails going to the promotions folder? Are they going to the spam box? How many bounces do you have on your list? One of the easiest ways to up your deliverability, by the way, and deliverability is just your emails making it there, just making it to the inbox where they can be seen, right? And so that's the first step. <laughs> and um, that's all that is. Your deliverability score can go up simply by removing bounced email holders like from your list because when you shoot out an email and you look an active campaign or convert kit or whatever you're looking you're seeing you're looking at a few metrics right and a lot of people don't know how to read these metrics so i'm going to go over this really quickly um you have your open rates that's the number of people who opened the email you have your click-through rate which is the number of people who clicked the link 
within the email. Um, some of you might be tracking reply, reply rates, and so that's the number of people who replied to the email. And then there's unsubscribes, which is obviously people who decided I no longer want to be on this list. And then there's also a bounce rate. And what that bounce rate, that bounce rate usually confuses people. Your bounce rate is one of the easiest things to control. What that means is that's the number of people or inboxes that were either full or fake. And so your email wasn't able to make it to the inbox because it was either full, which is a soft bounce, or they didn't make it to the inbox because the inbox doesn't exist because somebody put it put in a fake email. That's a hard bounce. And both of these affect deliverability. One of the easiest ways to just track your, to just like make sure your deliverability stays good is to clear, clean out your list regularly to remove the bounce, the bounces. Okay. Remove the bounced emails from your list. Um, and I remove soft and hard bounces because frankly, if your inbox is full, you're not checking that inbox enough. That's your, that's your junk drawer. You know, that's your junk drawer email. That's where you put me. I don't want to be there. I'm good. You can go. <laughs> and so you're not checking your inbox enough. I want to reserve that space for people who are checking their inboxes more regularly, who aren't bounces, okay? And so if you let your inbox get to a place where emails start bouncing, then I don't belong on your, I, you don't belong on my list. I'll put it that way. So remove all of those. Another way to really help with your deliverability is to consistently start to treat email the way that it was originally intended to be treated. And this is actually like the big tip. The bounce tip is like just an easy little tactic to help. But the big tip is what's really going to make the difference, okay? And so it's really important that you know that. Um, but so you want to make sure that you're using email the way that it was originally intended to be used. Email was here as like the first sign of social media even like being a thing. Email is a communication tool just like social media is. It was a way for people to connect. It was a way for people to um, communicate and share value and share stories. It was a way for us to become digital pen pal, so to speak. And that should never just be a one-way conversation. It was meant for two-way conversations or more. Does that make sense? And so you want your audience, even if you have a large list, you want your audience to reply to your emails. You want them to feel like the conversation is going both ways. And you want them to feel like they can reach out and ask you questions, that they can respond to these emails and carry a conversation and go deeper with you. And in order for them to understand that they can do that, you need to communicate that to them. So some of your CTAs, your calls to action within your emails needs to be reply to this email. Let me know your questions. Reply to this email. Let me know if you're interested in this offer. Reply to this email and let me know that you got the thing that I just sent you. You want to start asking your, your audience consistently for replies or welcoming them and inviting them to speak to you because that's going to increase your deliverability. Think about the Google algorithm kind of similar to as the Facebook algorithm or the Instagram algorithm. If somebody um, engages with an email that you send, Gmail is going to assume, oh, they're actually friends. And so they're gonna start sending you to the inbox more often and keep you out of the promotions folder because now a conversation is happening. It doesn't just look like you're pitching them. It looks like you guys are conversing. Does that make sense? Okay, and so replies are super, super important, all right? Sin number two is that they don't love your name. I'm going to say that one more time. Sin number two is that they don't love your name. So many people, uh, when they ask me about email, the number one thing they want to know about are open rates. It's the big thing everybody like, how do I increase my open rates? People aren't opening my emails. They're not reading them. Um, 
and everybody thinks that the solution for that is subject lines and subject lines play a big role don't get me wrong it has to be relevant you want to keep them curious like you don't want to um you don't want to come become complacent in your relationship with your list you want to keep them on their toes a little bit and subject lines are a great way to help do that and maintain that attention long term but the main thing that is going to keep your list engaged, keep your list interested and help you be that standout person in their inbox so that they're looking for your name and they will never ignore your name is that they have to love your name. They have to feel like, oh my goodness, I received an email from this special person and I know that they're going to deliver something valuable or entertaining or funny. Um, they have to feel that way. Otherwise, they're not going to open. You're just going to be another marketing bot within their inbox. So you have to be a person. You have to be unique. Now, one of the best ways to make that happen, luckily, is the same thing um, that I said for the last in, which was get, getting them to reply and having conversations with them. But generally speaking, be their friend, okay? Be their friend in email. Your tone should be conversational. Um, they should just feel like they're getting a good story or a good um, lesson or a good piece of advice from a friend who like really gives a shit about them. And being entertaining really, really helps a lot too, okay? Sin number three is that you don't split for the click with subject lines. Now, most people don't split test at all, and that's the real sin. So if you're not split testing at all, make sure you start split testing. It's really going to dramatically increase your, like, change your results just to start. Because what happens with a split test is you can, for instance, if you're split testing subject lines, your service provider, it's going to take the four, five, three, however many subject lines you put in there, and it's going to send e the email with each of those subjects line, subject lines to a very small portion of your list. So like, let's say it sends 10% to email subject line number one, 10% to number two, 10% to number three. So 10% of your list gets each one of those emails, and or 30% of your list total gets each one of those emails just broken down into 10% blocks. And what happens is you can split test it for opens, so which, whichever one has the highest open rate wins, or you can split test it for clicks, which means that whichever one has the highest click-through rate rent wins. And what happens then, whichever one wins, that's the one that gets sent to the rest of the list. And so you're not wasting sins on bad subject lines. Does that make sense? And so what I want you to do, if you're not split testing at all, just start split testing, period, okay? But if you're not split testing, if you're split testing and you're split testing opens, I want you to start transitioning into split testing clicks, okay? Because split test, testing clicks, like the click is what matters. That's what gets them to the sales page. That's what gets them to the next step. And you'll find in your testing that some of those high open rate emails actually have some of the lowest uh, CTRs that you're gonna see. And so what you want to do, what matters is that you're getting quality open, quality clicks, not necessarily that you're getting so many open. So I need for you to detach. Open is a vanity metric, right? You can have plenty. I know people who, who are getting like 30, 40, 50, 60% open rates, and they're not getting sales. Okay? And that's because it's a vanity metric at the end of the day. What you want is that click. You want that sale. That's the metric that matters. And so start um, splitting split testing for clicks okay now sin number four you don't consider trigger points okay when you write your emails and what do i mean by trigger points what i mean is your your reader is taking your subscriber is taking um 
a specific set of actions every time they read an email from you, okay? They decide to read the subject line. Therefore, they must be triggered to read the subject line. They decide it's worth opening. They decide it's worth reading. They decide it's worth giving a response to, which could be a click or a reply. These are all trigger points, okay? So you need a trigger to get noticed in the inbox, just your subject line, you want it to get noticed. Okay, you need a trigger to get open. So not only are they noticing it, but then they're deciding, okay, I'm actually going to open this and read it versus throw it in the trash. You need a trigger to get them to read it in full. And then you need a trigger to enact a response. And that response can be, like I said, a click or it can be a reply or it can be both. doesn't really matter. But in order for you to write like really effective emails, I want you to start making a practice and I hope you wrote that down because it's a really good piece of information, but I want you to start making a practice of considering those trigger points when you're writing your email. What is going to trigger them to read it until the end? Do you have an open loop in there? Some Something that's going to allude to some surprise at the end of the email. Those are, That's the easiest way to get it done. Do you have a trigger to pull their eyes to the subject line to get them to notice it to begin with, like an emoji? Do you have a trigger to get them to open the subject line, like a curious um, subject line or you know, a really big promise of a really big benefit that, you know, is going to really help them with this really big pain point. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, And then what's their trigger to reply? What's their trigger to click on the link? And I want you to start considering all of these things when you're writing your emails, because that alone is going to like really help you um, get more out of it, to be honest with you. All right. So number five, no segment, no dice. What do I mean by that? So this is especially true like the larger your list grows, but it's so incredibly important to segment your email list. Not everyone in your list showed up for the same reason, most likely, unless you're like super, super niche. If you're hyper niche and always have been hyper niche, then cool, you can ignore this sin. But for most people, you're not hyper niche. You're not just selling one offer. You're probably selling a couple of different offers that solve a couple of different pain points or even may solve the same pain point in a, in a slightly different way. And that slightly different way can make a big difference. For instance, if you're selling um, one solution, right, but you have that one solution broken down into, into two offers, you have a coaching service and then you have a course, DIY course uh, package. And you're like, well, it's the same solution, it's the same pain point, so I should be able to, I shouldn't have to segment my list. That's false because some people prefer coaching and some people prefer courses. So simply the fact that you have two different offers is going to mean that you need to start segmenting and figuring out on your list who prefers courses and who prefers coaching, okay? And you need to email them accordingly because you can send them, every time you send an email to someone who prefers coaching and that email is about courses, they're going to get annoyed and they're going to say, I can figure that out on YouTube. If I'm going to pay for something, I want to pay for hands-on. You need to speak to that when you're talking to them. And every time you send an email about coaching to someone who prefers courses, the same is going to happen. They're going to get annoyed. And so there are nuances to all of these different offers, even if you're speaking to one solution and one set of pain points for the thing. Um, the thing that they're trying to solve, the goal that they're trying to reach, right? If Even if it's one set of pain point and one set of solutions, what you need to do is you need to separate that and segment your audience based on who's going to be interested in what these different offers are, okay? And pay attention to the nuances of those, of those different offers, even if they're very similar, all right? That's going to get you higher open rates. It's going to get you higher CTR. And overall, it's going to help your list be more engaged in the long run, okay? 
Sin number six is that your emails aren't single-minded. So how many of you are you sending emails and those emails have like a brochure of links down at the bottom to try to get them to just click on any one of them? (laughs) Um, Or how many of you are trying to give like two or three lessons in an email instead of just delivering one lesson and then sending them to one offer with one link or three links to the same offer is totally fine. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to start writing single-minded emails. A lot of people think that they're doing an okay job and they're wondering why they're not getting sales because their emails are performing. They're getting a decent open rate and then their click-through rate has like astronomical numbers like 15% CTR, 6% CTR is also really good. Um, And it's because you're stacking your emails with all this different information. And so it's like, it has this like shotgun effect, right? Um, In terms of the vanity metrics, in terms of the CTR and in terms of the open rate, it has like the shotgun effect and you're getting a lot of people to click on a lot of different links. That's awesome. But if none of them are buying, then does that really matter? No. What actually works when it comes to sales emails is to keep people focused on the one solution you're trying to give them. Because if you give them too many options in terms of where to click, where to go to get other resources and all this other stuff, if you give them too many options, what's going to happen is they're not going to know which one to really take action on and believe in. They are not going to commit to your offer until you start committing to your offer, okay? Let me say that one more time. Your audience is not going to commit to your offer until you start committing to your offer, okay? Period, end of story. So single-minded email, super focused. What is the one lesson I wanna give them today and where's the one place I wanna lead them? And you can have three links in there, but they all need to be placed throughout the email and they all need to link to the same place. Your click-through rate will go down if you've been doing the opposite, if you've been doing what I described before, but your sales will go up. This happens with multiple clients and they're always like, oh, my click-through rate went down. And then they hit me up two weeks later, like, damn, I made like 20, 30K this month and I was only making like 1,500 a month on this before. Like, yeah, your click-through rate will go down, but your sales will go up. So you need to pick a metric. And my recommendation is to pick the one that's actually going to affect your bank account. Okay. Sin number seven is that your sales to value ratio is off. Um, You can totally sell every day. You can totally sell um, once a week, though I don't recommend it. You can totally sell. You can totally do like traditional jab, jab, right hook and do, you know, two value emails and then one sales email. I think the trick is to find out what works for you and your audience, what kind of ebb and flow works there. For me, I find that value... um, what I get to do every, I can sell with every single email if I, I lead with value. I have to lead with one paradigm shifting tip and then lead them into whatever the program is that I'm selling. The one offer that I'm leading them to, not a, not a you know, a shotgun of, of links. But what I do, um, I can do daily sales. And a lot of people that I know can do daily sales. So what is it, what do you feel like is missing with the balance between you and your list? Are you too shy with selling? Because if you're too shy with selling and you're only selling like once a month to your list, your list literally is not conditioned to buy from you. They're not conditioned to get excited about the offers. They're not conditioned to feel your confidence about how much you can help them directly if they pay. They're not conditioned to believe in in your commitment to your offer because again, you haven't committed to your offer. And so if the balance is that you're being too shy, Work on that, your mindset behind that, and start selling more. 
bump it up to once a week, bump it up to twice a week. If it's only once a week, start trying to sell more. Um, and then if you're selling too much, if your emails are all pitch, no value, that's bad too. Like both of the extremes are bad guys. So like that's going to be bad too, because at this point your audience is tired of being sold to your audience is wanting to know what you can like put on the table to begin with before they can buy from you because all of your competitors are doing it. Okay. Understand that. So whether that's entertainment, whether that's info and like you're selling info products, so you want to put value up front, um, no matter the case, you need to start asking yourself, why would people want to open and read my emails? Not why would people want to buy from me? Because that's going to make you write the email completely different. So if your balance is, you know, you're over to the extreme of selling too much and being too salesy, why should people open and read your emails? Give them a reason before you sell to them. Okay. And so that's why what tends to work for me is lead with value. Give them at least one good tip, one good story, one good laugh. I use entertainment a lot. Um, And then round it off with a pitch. Nobody ever complains. My unsubscribe rates are consistently below 1%. It's all good. Okay. I make plenty of money from my list and I use the same thing for my clients as well. Now, the only time you want to kind of step outside of that um, is if you're in a course launch kind of deal. And in that case, what you want to do is you want to stay very well ahead of the curve and you want to do like nurturing for a few weeks and then for the week leading up to the actual launch then you want to start kind of pre-framing and conditioning them to want the offer with a week of what the team and i at the partner program of what we call pre-hype and so pre-hype emails are all about social proof letting them know that the offer is coming just turning it into a big event and then you're teasing it for like a week before you open doors and then you open doors and then the sales start rolling in they actually like get bigger and bigger and bigger at the end not the beginning. You might have like a fairly large first day and then you'll see a dip in the middle there and then it like explodes at the end as the doors are closing because of urgency. And so if you're on a course launch schedule, that's kind of how that works. You're not going to sell every day, obviously. You're going to just kind of nurture and then you're going to start teasing to kind of make that conditioning roll into play. Give them all that social proof of how everything is winning and everybody else bought it last time. Are you really going to miss out again? And so on and so forth. And then... um, open the doors and let the floodgates open. So those are the seven deadly sins of email marketing. And if you avoid these sins and follow the tips that I use you for avoiding them, then you're going to start seeing some massive changes within your email. I know that this was a lot. And so feel free to follow me on LinkedIn. Okay. Tori Reed, look me up, follow me on LinkedIn because I wrote an article for this and you can read it and take notes on it there too. I'll actually put the link to my LinkedIn profile here in the bio now, but there's one other thing that I wanted to let you know that if you really want to turn or turn your entire like email experience around, you want more sales, you want more engagement, you want to do all of this without spending a ton of time without landing in the promotions folder and having to worry about that. Um, and without worrying about, you know, what do I even say to my list? You know what I mean? Like you don't want those writer's block problems and stuff like that. I have a program called Email Profits that is is designed to change all of that for you. I'm not going to do a hard pitch here, but I do recommend you at least check the link in the bio to check it out because people are making a ton of money with this program and I don't want you to miss out. All right. Cheers. Bye.